Good morning. Good to see you. If you've been around um, church the last month or so, you'll be aware that we've been doing a series called um, Beyond Revival. And I have the privilege of finishing. In some ways, it is like a, a two-part um, talk. So I'd really encourage you, if you haven't been to any of them, to I think you can find them on the website. You can get the, the notes at the Connect desk. And just as a way of kind of helping you understand what we've been teaching and talking about in the last, last month or so. But before I'm kind of starting and just sharing some thoughts, I just want you just to kind of just close your eyes, not fall asleep hopefully, and just, just begin to dream. And in your mind, eye, and your imagination, I have a very vivid imagination. Imagine what it would look like if God turned up in your workplace, turned up at your school, at the school gate, if he turned up at the, the job center, just, just fill in the, 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 the gap for your, your situation. Just take a little bit of a mind and just dream with God. What would it look like if he began to turn up? Don't know about you. You can open your eyes if you want. You can carry on dreaming. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I just think of things like, you know, prisons being emptied, um, just walking past somebody and them getting healed, walking past... A couple I know have been having some difficulties in their marriage and just suddenly they're embracing each other. Um, just hospitals being emptied. I was reading a book recently where some children just went through a hospital ward where they were all kind of terminally ill and, um, and they were all restored. This is in Africa. And um, it's like, wow. You know, and we have that invitation. And part of what we've been doing in this series is just encouraging us to dream with God. In some ways, crazy dreams, but in some ways, not crazy dreams, because these are some of the things that are on God's heart. And so we've been doing this series about wanting to lead our, our cities, our communities, our nations, our workplaces into life, kind of rewriting the stories of our communities. I think I said last week, we want to see transformation. So if you've got your, your workplace, if you've got the city of Winchester, and you just squeezed it, Jesus would be what comes out. And so I'd encourage you to keep dreaming, keep dreaming with, with God. And I know it's been a journey because I've talked to different ones. I had some interesting conversations over the last few weeks with different people. And I know some of you have been thinking about this and wrestling with it and thinking about what it means. You know, I had a, a conversation this week where somebody was going, you must be really excited as a leadership team. You've been talking about revival and revival has been happening in this place. And I went, that's great, and I, I celebrate that, but that's not a revival. And then it, they went for a list of three or four places, and, uh, and I said, that's fantastic, but not, that's not been a revival. And it wasn't to put it down, it's to, to celebrate it. But as a church, we want to hear what God is saying. We don't want to settle for anything less. As somebody that has four children, I kind of celebrate where they're going and what they're doing. But at the same time, as a good dad, my responsibility is just keep challenging them to reach the fulfillment of all that God has for them. And so as part of the leadership team, we celebrate, rejoice what God's doing, and yet we say there's more. There's more. This is what God wants to do. He's calling us to bring transformation. He's inviting us to come in with it. And uh, it's encouraging. I've been looking around and just seeing that. This seems to be seeing that God's just kind of pushing and encouraging various people. Uh, I know a number of you are aware of somebody called Bill Johnson who runs a church in, in Bethel. And um, I'll put that in your notes. It says, I realize that true success is not measured in the number of people who attend church on the Sunday. A good, 
a fiend as that may seem. Success in God's eyes is seen in the impact, the message of the kingdom, the reality of who God is, has on how people think and live in my city, region, nation. You can fill in your workplace, whatever. In a very real sense, it is seen in a how at home would God feel in coming to our city to live. And while that may seem impractical to some, it has become intensely practical to me. I could put my name in. On earth as it is in heaven is the mandate of the church. And so I was sharing last week about that call, that invitation to go and disciple nations, to impact the nation, the life of the nation, so that it will conform to a set of values and develop a corresponding behavior. And I challenged us last week that that is, that is possible. You know, I said it's happened before. As you look through history, the Romans changed the Roman Empire. So people living in the Roman Empire fought and behaved like Romans. There's lots of other examples in history, sadly generally negative ones, where uh, Hitler did it with Nazi Germany. We saw it with Lenin when it came to communist Russia. Chairman Mao as it came to communist China. And the list goes on. So the issue is not whether a nation can be discipled, because it happens all the time and it will continue to happen. The question is, can a nation, can a city, can our workplace, can our family, can can the classroom, can the running club be discipled? And if we take the Great Commission, that challenge that we find at the end of Matthew 20, at the end of Matthew, where it says, go and make disciples of all nations, the answer is yes. The question is, how are we going to do it? And we will embrace the call. We've been given that opportunity. We have been inviting into it. I don't know if, uh, I can't remember what, they, they call it in different things in different places. I think like it, I think of it as tag. don't know if that's a northern thing. And um, that game where you kind of run around, do people know I'm on about children play it? And you, you kind of run around in a playground and you find somebody and you touch them. And then suddenly they are on. They've been tagged, they're it. And um, there's two ways of playing here. You can have that game, so let's say I just get Nigel. And he's on, and then I'm off. But there's another way of playing it. I tag Nigel, he's on, and I'm on. When Jesus kind of sent us out, and he commissioned us, when we said we want to follow Jesus, instantly we've been tagged. We've been tagged, we're bringing transformation to everybody we come into contact with, whether we like or not. But we have that invitation. It's an invitation, because I could tag Nigel, and say, you're on. You're on to release the kingdom and the life, to rewrite the communities you come into contact with. But he has a choice. A bit like when you see this sometimes in playgrounds, when people just go, nah, I, I don't want to be on. You know, I don't want to play. And, uh, and so we got that invitation, and we're throwing that invitation out again. Jesus says, we have got, I want to play a game, and the game is called Transforming Nations. You want to play? Do we want to play? Do I want to play? I have that choice every day. Do I want to play? And increasingly, we'd throw this challenge out because as a church, we say we want to play. We want to bring transformation. We want to be what we are called to be. they all gone dark. We'll go back. And uh, again, I shared this slide yesterday and, and again, last week, sorry, and um, all the things that we have up there, be it kind of 11, which is kind of the, the one you might not recognize, light, seeds. So these were all things that Jesus said, 
as followers of Jesus, this is what we're meant to be. And each of these elements must come into contact with a physical world to fill its destiny. A light is no good unless there's darkness. A seed has to be planted if it's gonna, if it's gonna grow. Leaven must be gonna pushed into the bread if it's gonna have an influence. What else got there? And salt, my little salt shaker, must be sprinkled on the food if it's gonna have an impact on that. And so the, each one of us individually and as a church, we have that invitation, we have that challenge. Are we going to connect and we're going to bring influence? And I challenged us last week that just moving the salt in its location, I could take this salt pot and I, I had some chips last week. I ran out of chips, so I would have brought some more chips. <laughs> but uh, that is no good, me putting the salt pot in the middle of the chips. It's not going to make them more salty. It has to be sprinkled. And we can take our salt, we can take you know, the church out of the, the building, but are we going to take the saltiness out? And they're not the same thing. And again, it comes back. It's an invitation. It's a challenge. Are we going to do that? And I, I shared a lot last week about different times and stories in Scripture when that has happened. But today I want to just focus in on one particular individual called Daniel. If you look in the Old Testament, pretty much if you split the Bible in half, you get the Psalms. And if you just go forward a little bit, you get the book of Daniel. I'm not going to read uh, masses from it. I'm just going to share the story with you very quickly. I'd encourage you, if you haven't read Daniel, read it. It's a great book. It's a, you know, just lots of great stories in there. It's some of the stories that if you've been around church for a while, you t- tend to tell your kids. It's like Daniel on the lines and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's story. And the great stories in it. But the reason we want to look at it is because this is a story of somebody that brought transformation to a nation. It changed the destiny of a nation. Not only did he change the destiny of a nation, he changed the destiny of an empire. I was trying to get, he was around, Daniel was around during the Persian Empire and the Babylonian Empire. I couldn't kind of put them on top of each other. If you could, if you take half of the Arabian Desert as well, you would have an idea of the influence that Daniel had. It's like massive. Now I know that none of us are Daniels. But there's lessons and principles that we can learn from his life in relation to how he did it. There's also principles in relation to Daniel. Daniel is interesting because if you're going to read this story, in some ways it's a sad story, it'd be quite easy for him to just say, man, my life is hard. I'm in a hard situation, which is one reason I chose Daniel. If you know the story of Daniel, we don't know roughly, and we kind of guess, but it was probably about 16. When he was taken, he was torn from his homeland. He was taken into uh, captivity. With most likelihood, they, they killed his mum and his dad and his family. So he was like an orphan by himself in a country that wasn't, you know, his. Uh, he was forced to be a eunuch. Um, you know, everything was stacked, you know, against him. He was working in a situation where, you know, these leaders, both for the Babylonian Empire and both for the Persian Empire, they were ruthless people. I mean, however, whatever situation you're in, I suspect your boss wasn't like some of the people that he, he worked with. I was trying to think of it. I don't want to be flippant, but as you read the stories of some of these um, rulers, you could be re- reading stories about ISIS. You know, just imagine then somebody working, for some reason, somehow ends up in the court 
of the guy in charge of ISIS. I mean, that's a hard situation. So every situation you're in, my guess is not similar to that. But what can we learn? The other thing was he had an influence in a place, in an empire, that wasn't kind of Jewish friendly. They weren't kind of, uh, didn't have a Jewish background. Yahweh God was not in their kind of culture, their worldview. And so as you look at it, everything seems to be stacked against it. It doesn't look like the ideal environment to bring uh, transformation. And yet he brought transformation. And so like I said, we're not Daniels. We may not have that place of influence that he had on kings. But the principles we can apply to our life. Influencing our friends. If you read through the book of Daniel, he influenced his friends. Influenced his colleagues. His colleagues definitely knew that he was a follower of God. He influenced his bosses. You know, we have a respected boss. Your boss, my boss, um, is not the, the, the empire, you know, the king of an empire. And he influenced nations. So what can we learn from his life as we've been talking about this? And I said last week, this week's going to be particularly very practical. We're going to go through a whole load of practical issues. Because it's great to talk about transformation and hopefully we've been expanding our hearts, expanding our visions, expanding our prayer life. But as we're going to finish off this series, what does it look like? What does it look like as we kind of go to our workplaces, as we go to the, actually there's no school tomorrow, (laughs) so don't go to the school gates. You know, uh, as you go to the job centre, wherever it may be, what can it look like uh, in practice? And some of the things we've learned from Daniel just um, before really getting practical is... I really believe that Daniel knew he was a scattered servant even before he had that phrase. I think Daniel really believed that for such a time as this, this is from the book of Esther, that for such a time as this, God had placed him in that location, in that situation. One of the key things in sense of living a lifestyle of scattered servants, and something I have to keep reminding myself of, is that God has put me here in this place, in this time, for a reason. It can be in relation to your work. It can literally be, and you know, I use this example a lot, that I am in Asda Shopping Centre in Charles Ford at this time, in this place, for a reason. When we start, when, when that starts to get into my mind, it, it changes everything. I be, really believe that Daniel believed that. That was his mindset. His life was not his own, that nothing was by chance. Again, I believe he was living this even before it was written. He had made his life a living sacrifice. This was his spiritual act of worship. In Romans 12 verse 1, it talks about offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. And I really believe that Daniel just thought, right, I'm here. The temple had been destroyed. And therefore, I'm going to be a a living sacrifice. I'm going to be a blessing to this place, this community. I also really believe that Daniel, again, before this phrase was used, really believed that was what we call in church. And again, we use this phrase a lot, called a trusted ruler. And to summarize that very quickly, a trusted ruler is somebody who knows who they are in Christ. They know what authority they carry and they know what purpose they will put on earth. And again, I know if you have to go through the annals of um, some of these talks we've done over the last year. But again, if we want to make an impact, we've got to believe that we're trusted rulers. That we are the children, if we follow Jesus, that we are children of God. We are sons and daughters of Christ. That we carry the authority of the king. 
and that we have a purpose and a destiny in our lives, in our shopping trips to Asda, whatever it may be, there's a reason for it. So that's kind of the theoretical principles of a scattered service. But how can it look? And I started sharing some of these. I'm going to unpack some of the ones we did last week and then also um, bring in some new ones. The first one I talked about last week was everybody needs to be a minister, a chaplain. How can we be that person? Whatever situation you are in, and I won't keep repeating different scenarios. Can I imagine that scenario in a head? Everybody is looking for somebody to look out for them. And so often when I go into Asda, I just think, well, I'm going to be here for about an hour, probably, main shop. I am the minister of Asda for this point in time. Everybody that happens to be in this Asda at this point in time is my congregation. This is my parish, I'm going to use that language. God, what are you up to? What are you wanting to say? What's your plan? And beginning to live and beginning to think like that. You know, Chris has been talking about life groups. I really encourage you to sign up if you haven't signed up yet. But going into a situation and thinking, I'm the life group leader, whether they come to my house or not. Some of them don't even know where you live. So, <laughs> but if you're going to go into a situation that a school get, I'm going to be like the life group leader. I'm going to care for them. I'm going to be interested in what's happening in their life. Beginning just to live and to think like that. And I think one of the, the first areas to start, and I mentioned this last week, uh, and I'll keep going on, it's just about the power of prayer. You know, when you have somebody in your, your family, in your life group, you, you, you pray for them. You, you want God to encounter their lives. And as we begin to see ourselves as ministers, that wherever we are in our situation, we want to pray for them. Last week I said if you had somebody that was blind or you happened to go to a cemetery and um, the challenge was you've got to raise this person physically blind to see, physically dead in a grave. I don't know about you, but maybe it's just me. I, I, would, just, I would just cry. I'd be, wow, God, you've you got to turn up. There is no way I can make this blind person see, physically blind person see without you. There's no way I can go to a cemetery and there's a gravestone there. It doesn't matter how long they've been dead, to be honest. And, um, and raise that person from the dead unless God is going to turn up. God has got to do that. And in the same way, if you want to begin to see transformation, in some ways the starting point, the middle point and the finishing point is we've got to cry out to God. He has invited us to do this. He's tagged us. And yet the starting place is prayer. You know, the Bible says that people who don't know Jesus are blinded. The Bible talks, and, and Nigel would have shared this a lot when he was doing the, the series of Romans, but it's also mentioned in other parts. It talks about us being dead in our sins. And so if we want to see breakthrough, we, can begin to, we need to begin just to cry out. And I just put a couple of challenges there on your, your sheet that I'm working on. I said, you know, even now, just in a minute, just jot down three people that you feel like God's just challenging you, encouraging you just to pray for. Often when I do this, I, I say, think about somebody you think, there's no way that person is interested in Jesus. See them at the top. And then there's often somebody you think, I, I think they're kind of, I think they might be interested. I've had some good conversations with them. Sit them down and just go for somebody in the middle. 
Begin just to pray for those. What are they? Begin to cry out to them. Then I also just put down, you know, three communities that God wants you to impact. And again, it might be things like your, your family unit. It might be the people you, you, you meet at the job center, the, the school gate. You know, again, just filling the gap. It might be people you're involved in some type of hobby, you know, running football, whatever it is. You know, just filling the gap and begin to cry out for those. I know when I was doing this, because often I, when I'm thinking about preaching something, I, I challenge myself and think, where am I on this? And I was challenged recently thinking, I'm kind of limited in some of the communities I, I'm involved with. Because of my work, I deal with a lot of Christians, either here or overseas. And so as part of my prayer is kind of activating myself is, you know, I just joined a few things recently. Um, yesterday I went out with something called Friends International, which is where a lot of internationals just gather and you go and do events. Because I wanted to kind of start reaching communities. Next term I'm going to start, after two and a half years of trying to be a, a running coach, I've been accepted by the school to coach the athletics team. Um, just trying to put myself, so some of you, you can fill in that gap quite easily. But some of you are thinking, I don't, know, I don't know what I can do. Maybe we'll just start praying. What is it? What is it, God? What's the community we need to start impacting? But we, get, we need to begin to pray because prayer is powerful. I often think of prayer a bit like um, in the army when, um, you know, they had these really smart b- bombs. I don't really understand how they work. But often they were sending special services and they will go into an area like Iraq and they will mark a building so the smart bomb can hit it. And I think of prayer like that. We're kind of going in in prayer and saying, God, I want you to come and impact this person. I want you to see you impact this community. That's what prayer does. It marks things. For God, to kind of, with his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his healing, restoration, to come and impact that. So we need to be a minister. And one of the best places that we can bless people is by prayer. Secondly, Whatever environment you're in, everyone needs to feel loved by God. How can we be that person? How can we be the person that just loves people? How can we do that? One of the easiest ways I put down there, I think, is um, just to encourage people. People are hungry for encouragement. How can we do that? I remember Nigel and Stephen, the the, the youth pastor, I can't it was a long time ago, but it stuck in my mind. We were in the, the city centre and they bumped into the toilet cleaner. And I, can't, I don't know exactly what they said, but it seemed like, you know, you, you know, thank you for what you're doing. You know, I really appreciate your job. And it really meant a lot for them. And interesting enough, later on in that evening, they had an opportunity, I think, to talk to him and, and pray for them. Now, Nigel and Stephen didn't go in and go, right, I want to just say something good about this person. Because if I say something good about this person, then they're going to be open and I'm going to get to pray for them. No, it was no strings attached. That was a bonus. They went with, I just want to go encourage somebody. And so wherever it may be, look for those opportunities to encourage. Now, I said that before in Asda. You know, if they kind of just scan those bananas over carefully so they don't kind of like throw them. Thank you for looking after my bananas. <laughs> I didn't want to make banana cake yet. But, uh, I wanted to eat them. I probably wouldn't say that, but say, you know, whatever it is, you know, just look for opportunities. People are hungry all around us. People are just looking for somebody to take notice of them. You know, I put down there on, on your sheet the thing I have on my door. If you come to my house and you walk out the door, I have this on my door. It says, draw greatness out of people, speak greatness into people. 
And that really just means going with that mindset because I forget, or just being an encourager. Wherever I, I, I try a variety because I forget. Just God, I want to draw great. When I see somebody just doing something great, however small it is, just going, that's great. Well done. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to see. You know, when I do sometimes I help him when um the school one of my children goes to, and sometimes it's hard to see. You have to really pray. Just what is it, God? What's the goal that you put in them? But within everybody, there's greatness. And it's a powerful thing. People want to be loved. And it links into the Lord. Everybody wants somebody to listen to them. How can we be that person? I've done a number of courses recently, and they've all been very different. I did something called Love After Marriage. If I'm moving and Clara here. Advertising their course. It's a marriage course. But one of the key things that comes out of there is the importance of listening. I did a coaching course recently, and, and again, one of the key things that came out of that is listening. Totally different topics, but the power of listening. People want to be heard. One of the most powerful things we can do, very simple, is just begin to listen to people. I don't know about you, but often I'm in situations and I'm thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I, I, I do a lot of training on how to share Jesus with Muslims, and people say, what do I say when I meet a Muslim? Uh, but it could be anybody. First thing to do is, is we need to start learning how to listen. I think if we listen more, we have more idea what to say. I think I worry too much because I like to have like a good answer. I kind of think I should have a good answer. But just by listening to people. Katie the other day was um, walking home. There was this old lady who was just sat on her fence. And, uh, and Katie was thinking, shall I walk by or not walk by? By that time, the boys were tired, so they just fell on the grass, ran into this lady. Going, oh, we have breath. After half a mile. And, um, and Katie just, you know, just listened to this lady. She was just lonely. I wouldn't say, you know, Katie said anything particularly profound, but she impacted this person. She was being leavened. She was being salt. People all around us want to be listened to. It's incredibly powerful. If you want to bring transformation, start listening more. Fourthly, take risks when the opportunity is there. I got a, a little clip. It's, a, it's an advert for a conference a number of years ago. And so obviously it's, it's actors. But in some ways it's to doing what we talked about right at the beginning, dreaming with God what it would look like if we were scattered servants and we took risks with God. Can we play it, Becca?
yeah, very powerful. Yeah, you can flick the lights on. I, I play that to myself sometimes when I need just to be challenged afresh about the, just the importance of anywhere, any place, any time being scattered servants. Where we just have to step out. I love it there because you've got that honesty of where, even though they're actors, I don't know about you, but sometimes I kind of, I have that thought go through my head. And I put that quote there from a film. All you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. And I promise you something great will come out of it. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, as we want to step out as scattered servants, it's just 20 seconds of being crazy. I'm just going for it. I'm just going to jump through some of the rest just because of um, time. But when you get opportunities, just pray for people. Bless them. I gave a little acronym I came across recently. Uh, and you don't have to use that language. Often if I, people don't want to get prayed for, um, I, I might just say, hey, can I just bless you? For some reason, people prefer that. Or sometimes they don't even want that. So I would just pray for them without even using certain language. You know, they might tell me about the situation. And I might just say, hey... May you just find peace in that situation. May you have wisdom for that situation. And so I'm going to pray and, and speak over the lies without using, I don't have to say, dear God or dear Father, and finish with, um, you know, in your name, Jesus Christ, for prayer to be powerful. Thankfully, God's not limited um, by that. Be countercultural. And uh, again, as part of kind of being salt and light, is being counterculture in our environment. And again, a lot of that's very obvious. Being thankful rather than grumbling. If you're in a workplace, it's, it's very obvious a lot of these things happen. Look for opportunities to kind of bless and draw attention to other people. We work in an environment where everybody's just kind of looking out for themselves. And so it's very powerful salt, very powerful light when we draw attention to other people. And that has a massive impact. Bless rather than criticize. Be a person of integrity. These will really have an impact and start to bring transformation into our workplaces, into our families, into our situations. Talk about who you love. I'm trying to summarize one of Chris's talks in like two minutes, but um, it's easy to talk about what you love. You know, in sharing Jesus, it's talking about what you love. If you've been to see a great film or a great event, you know, you see it at the workplace. People just start talking about it. I want to see this great film. I watched this, this football match. I went to this great concert. You know, this thing happened. We just talk about it. We talk about the things we love. You know, it's easy for me to talk about my, my Katie. And, because uh, I love her. It's particularly easy when she's not here because I'm not sure she'd be embarrassed. But whatever you, you love, it's easy to talk about it. You know, when I start talking about Katie, I don't change my voice. I want to tell you, and I can't, you know, kind of, you know, I don't change my voice. I don't start coming out with new language. It's just natural. I love Katie, so I'm very happy and, uh, and to talk about it. And, and so again, it's easy to talk about what you love. You want to grow and being in transformation. All the things I said is we need to just fall more and more in love with God. Talk about your journey. I need to talk about my journey, my history with God. That's why it's so important to have a current history with God or not one doesn't have anything to talk about I'll jump the next one I've done it before but um, about answering everyday questions then introduce them to your friend often people say to me I don't know what to do I've had this situation recently where people come up to me I've got this person they're interested in knowing about uh, Jesus I don't know what to say what's that prayer you meant to say 
and there's kind of a cold sweat and, uh, and worry. Just introduce him to Jesus. You know, if it was me, I might, you know, might just say, hey. Um, and if you happen to be in the church, by the way, and you've been hearing about all the things we're doing and you're thinking, I quite like this Jesus you're talking about and you want to follow him, this be kind of prayer you might want to say. Um, Jesus, I, I, I just love you. I've heard a lot about you. I want to know more about you. I know that you died for me because of the things I did wrong. I'm just so thankful for that. Can you take all my worries? Can you take all my sins? Can you take all my fear? Can you be in charge of my life? I want you to be my friend. It can be as simple as that. And if you happen to have said that prayer, you want to say that prayer, because I went through it quite quickly, just come to the front after the service. But that's what it's about. You talk about what you love, and then you introduce them. It's a bit like when you're going to, you know, in a situation, there's somebody there and they don't know them. And you go, hey, this is, um, this is Katie. Let me tell you about Katie. Let me just introduce you guys. That's what it is. It's an introduction. There's nothing kind of complex or, or, or difficult about it. If you, you pray for them and then something happens in their life, just explain that experience. A while ago, I was with somebody, a lady, and we, and we prayed for them, and they, and they felt a lot of peace. And so I just said, hey, do you like that peace? They said, yeah. I said, would you like to have more of that peace? They said, yeah. And then I just led them in a prayer very similar. Like, God, I thank you that you bring peace to my life. I want more of that peace. May you come and take control of my life. There's nothing kind of complex. I mean, sometimes we, we want something really complicated. It's just simple, introducing them to Jesus. I'm going to finish there, but I'm just going to have um, a clip because we've been talking about transforming nations, and that's the core. And particularly today, I wanted to think about, well, what does it look like? How do we, how do we start? And... Uh, I saw this about a week ago. It's called um, Dominoes. Can we just play this one-minute clip? Everybody knows about playing with dominoes, but what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. And there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Boom. That was 13 dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. And the reason I play that is because he's talking about toppling Empire State Buildings. We've been talking about toppling, seeing transformation of nations. And so... Part of this series is we've been talking about it and saying, let's pray for this, let's live for this. And let's not lose sight of that. But at the same time, my challenge and encouragement to myself and to us at church today is, what's that thing right in front of us that we need to topple? 
You know, we talked about seeing whole nations come to Jesus. Heidi Baker often talks about this phrase. She's a, a missionary in Mozambique. Love the person in front of you. And so as we come now just to finish, I just want to encourage you. What, what is it that God is challenging you? What is he challenging me? What is that first little domino? It might be just start praying for some people on that list. It might be like me, like I was challenged recently. What group can I join to start being salt and light? It might mean simply when we do the invitation in a minute, that first step will just be coming to the front and saying, God, just meet me. It might be just God, give me wisdom. Like in that illustration with um, the voice of the apostles, where you just got that kind of dream about how to bring solutions to a workplace solution to a workplace issue. God is inviting each one of us to topple the last brick. But it starts for each one of us by doing that initial small little thing. What is it is it inviting us to? Can we get the worship band and get the dynamic duo up? <laughs> Thank you, Paul. So there are lots of really practical things to think about. Why don't we just, as we sit for a moment, take a, take a moment and ask the Lord, what the thing is for, for me? What is the thing for you for this week? There's a lot of different things, but what's a specific thing that he wants us to work on this week? And if you've identified something, it might be that you just want to put your hand on your heart and I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you that you speak to us. And thank you for the reminder that we can't do any of this without you. And today we ask that you will come and take us at our word. I, I personally want to commit to what you said to me. And we ask that you would really nudge us as we get into those different situations this week with the people around us. Nudge us to step out and to do what you're asking us to do. Amen. Also, I felt like there are some of us for whom that we looked at that video and we we only see the big things. Um, maybe there are some of us who are strategically wired, and God has given us the big vision, the big domino. We just don't know how to get it started. And there are others for whom. We really want to see the big thing, but like he, that guy said, it stops there and we can't see the rest. And we sort of think, well, there's no, where, where's this going? I just felt like God wanted to say whether you're a big picture person or a small picture person, there's a challenge from the Holy Spirit for each of us. It may be that some of us just need to see the thing that's in front of us. Actually, for some of us, it may be we need to see where this thing is going in God. And maybe some of us have seen that, but we just don't dare believe that's God because it's so crazy. Why don't we stand together? Um, there is plenty of time and space. The band are going to play in a moment. But let's honour our kids' teams now. So if you have children in kids' ministry, would you be kind enough to go and sign them out? You're welcome to bring them back. They can come and pray alongside us or you can have some prayer once you've come back. We're not rushing away anywhere. But we will just invite you to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit's doing. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for your presence here. Your... You're very gracious, Holy Spirit. You have challenge for us. You inspire us and you challenge us. You lead us to the Father. 
You lead us back to Jesus, and uh, we pray that you would have your way here this morning. So for those who sense that you're speaking to them, for those who, for whom there is just that quickening, that sense of God, God's presence, just something stirring that you know is God, then Spirit, we just welcome you. We bless what you're doing. We ask for more. And in a second, guys, we're just going to invite you to respond. And also, I think God here wants to, to heal people this morning. So it may be that you have a problem with an ankle or a problem with an eye or a problem with an ear. Those are specific things that I think God wants to touch and heal today. But if you've got any kind of sickness and you'd like us to pray for you or you'd um, like someone just come along and pray alongside and pray for a different situation, as the band play, do come forward and folk who are in our life groups will come and stand alongside and pray for you. So if you want to respond to one of those words for physical healing, uh, if you'd like to have someone pray for you, if you've got any other need that you've come with, or if indeed, you know, something that Paul said or something that the Holy Spirit is doing is just touching you and you want to respond to that and just come and stand, then please, please do come now. Just step out. Um, there's plenty of space here. And come forward and we would love to pray for you. Thank you, those who are coming. We just recognize, Holy Spirit, your presence is with us. Just do come and we would love to just pray for you. Holy Spirit is here. God is here. His presence is here. He isn't done yet. Thank you. <laughs> it's just getting started. Do step forward, guys. Those of you who've come forward, do step forward another step or two. So there's. And let's have some folks from the church come and sustain.